At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again. It is a game day edition of the HHC Hornets versus Spurs tonight. We'll be getting you ready for that game. Also want to talk about LaMelo Ball. He was the featured person in a big write-up in The Athletic. want to talk about their assessment of LaMelo Ball and why, uh, in their estimations, they think the rest of the NBA has missed on a superstar and what was allegedly supposed to be a draft without one. So we'll talk about that. Also talking about Real Access, the latest edition has debuted on Hornets.com. Highly recommend you check it out. When I say we, I mean my partner in crime, our producer on the Hornets radio network, Rob Longo, back once again here on the Hornets Hivecast. Rob, how you doing? I'm good, Sam. I'm good. I'm excited. A big game tonight with the Spurs, but we got a lot to get to today. We certainly do. We'll get to the Spurs in a moment. They're playing pretty well, uh, despite having their own hurdles to get over. But let's start with the Hornets, and let's start with the rookie LaMelo Ball. He's really been outstanding since entering the starting lineup. He has certainly captivated a lot of fans here in the Queen City and across the NBA. A lot of the experts are coming around to him as well. As this Hornets team, he was the subject of a big write-up in The Athletic. I really enjoyed it, at least the first half. I'll tell you why I didn't enjoy the second half so much. It's nothing about the article. It's more about me as a fan. But the thing I enjoyed about it, it it really put in perspective how good LaMelo has been. And not just good for you know, a team like Charlotte that is trying to jump into the postseason, not just good for your average rookie, but good in an historical sense compared to other phenoms when they were in their age 19 season. Uh, so there's a lot in there. What stood out to you? So the biggest thing for me is obviously it's good to see LaMelo and a Hornets starting to get some recognition on the national stage. And it got me to think a little bit, you know, I understand that the expectations for the Hornets this season were 
low or there wasn't really a lot expected. Things were a lot of unknowns, really, to be frank. There were a lot of unknowns with this team. So I was looking, and I went back and looked at the national schedule, and the Hornets have only been or will be on national TV four times in this first portion of the season, and three of those have been on NBA TV, which, without looking anything up or going into specific details, I feel like a lot of people don't have access to NBA TV on their regular cable package. Usually it's you know ESPN, TNT, those sort of networks. And there's only been one instance where the Hornets have been on network TV. And, of course, that was the game back in January where it was the Ball Brothers. It was the Pelicans against the Hornets. And, of course, LaMelo got the better of Lonzo in that one. And I get that's an attractive matchup for the networks. But I'm hoping that the rise of LaMelo Ball gives a little bit more recognition to the Hornets as a whole because I'm hoping that this – delayed release of the second portion of the schedule is kind of a blessing in disguise and that more NBA fans across the country and even the world will be able to experience LaBella Ball like we've been able to here in the Queen City. I think you're right in the sense that the split schedule, the halves, is certainly going to benefit the Hornets getting more national attention because you're right, you know, NBA TV TV is fantastic. I watch it pretty much all day, every day, but for the average fan, the ESPN national game and the TNT national games are their national games. So if you're not there, uh, you're you're mostly catching highlights unless you live in the market. And so I think by having it split in two, it's kind of like when the NFL does their schedule. You know, you could have a game flexed into Sunday night football. You don't get games flexed into Monday night football. So, you know, like three quarters of your schedule in terms of marquee national TV games are set before the season even gets started without knowing how good or bad different teams are going to be. So the NBA does a lot of it similar. There is certainly more room to flex as the season goes on. But, you know, based off the half system, the Hornets were only scheduled for one national TV game. That's basically what you have to get as a member of the league. And moving forward, I think with all the buzz around LaMelo Ball and this team, the way they're playing, there's a good likelihood that they're going to get a little bit more run there. Going back to the athletic article, a couple of quotes stood out to me. First one was about rookies in general, and I'll quote the athletic article. It says, two truths about rookies. One is that fans are extremely excited about the rookies on their own team, almost always want them to play more, and almost can't help talking themselves into projecting greatness for even the most marginally productive ones. And the other is that most rookies stink. I thought it was a very on-the-nose quote from the article because that's exactly how it is. You, You project greatness for any young player talent in your pipeline, and the more you see them, the more you find inefficiencies or you you find things that you don't like about a particular player and then you draft the next one and all of a sudden that that person's Michael Jordan again but for the most part rookies come flawed they come with things in their game that need to be adjusted for the pro game or they come with things that need to be ironed out overall LaMelo while not the best version of himself he's going to be, has been extremely competitive with the league as a whole, and he has been head and shoulders above his fellow rookies. He really is holding his own and is one of the leaders of this Hornets team. And the the article kind of bears that out, saying, look, you know, most rookies, you have too high of expectations, and at the same time, they're not ready to do this. And in LaMelo, he has exceeded most people's expectations. 
And the one thing that stood out to me most in that article by John Hollinger was he talked a lot about LaMelo's growth in shooting the basketball in what seems to be such little time based on, you know, not being able to have a normal preseason, a normal offseason, and coming off the bench to start the season and now getting into that starting role. And he talks about how he seemed like he was off balance at times earlier in the season and how he's kind of corrected that. And I'm wondering if that was just a combination of a couple of things. I wonder if that was LaMelo kind of shaking off the rust from not playing in such a long time, if it was adjusting to a new league like the NBA where it might not be as physical as what he experienced when he was in Australia for a year, but the guys might be a little bit quicker on closeouts or there's more advanced scouting, or maybe it's a combination of all the above. And the other thing, too, that he talked about, too, was, of course, Lamelo's unorthodox shooting. He's talked about that the past couple post game press conferences, where yeah, there's been people trying to change it in the past, but you know, I always do. I do me pretty much is what he says, and it's worked. If if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I heard a wise man say that once or multiple times, and I think it holds true for Lamelo's shot as well, and just how he's been able to grow into this player we've seen the past couple of games. One other part of it that I wanted to talk about is his comparison, John Hollinger's comparison of Lamelo to other elite talents at that age. And when I say elite, I mean elite. The note on the 2020 draft class going in that a lot of the experts said was there wasn't a the guy type of player, like an all-star talent or a team, a contending team leader talent on the docket for the 2020 draft. And the assessment right now is that LaMelo Ball is making that look ridiculous and that he's unquestionably the guy he this is where the article started to lose me because I love statistics I'm a math nerd and I love sports I'm a sports nerd and I love basketball most of all but sometimes we get into these you know specialty stats like this one had box plus minus and my eyes started to glaze over but they are a good way to kind of compare players across eras so the stat that he focused on was player efficiency rating of 15.0 or higher and a box plus minus of 1.0 or higher. Stay, hang with me, okay? Hang in there. Uh, the players who meet that criteria in their age 19 season are as follows. Kobe Bryant, Anthony Davis, Luka Doncic, Andre Drummond, Kevin Garnett, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James. Tracy McGrady, Jason Tatum, and Zion Williamson. And now, LaMelo Ball. Yeah, so <laughs> I started reading that part too. And, you know, I love analytics as much as the next millennial. But I just couldn't really kind of understand that. And I appreciate you for putting that into common speak for me and the rest of the audience. And, of course, when you break it down like that, yeah, that's a great list. So <laughs> I just is a kind of amazing when you really break it down to the smallest anecdote that this is where LaMelo is among people of his age group of all time grades. And that's quite the exclusive list that he is currently a part of. And uh, we'll see if he can keep it going. It certainly seems to be trending that he will continue to rise in his playmaking abilities on the floor and his scoring abilities. And, um, I mean, there's a very bright future ahead for him as well as the Hornets. Much, much more to talk about. Again, we recommend the article on The Athletic, uh, John Hollinger, write up about LaMelo Ball and how he compares to other great youngsters in the game in this current era and across the spectrum in the NBA.
Hornets fans, be sure to download the Hornets app on your mobile device. The Hornets app is your access to all new features and exclusive content, including the new game day experience for every game this season. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the Hornets Hivecast. We will get into tonight's game against the San Antonio Spurs. Latest note I saw come across was that LaMarcus Aldridge will not be available for San Antonio, but there are certainly some doubts as to whether or not the Hornets will have their full complement of players. Last we heard, the Martin brothers will be out due to health and safety protocols, and it was not looking likely that P.J. Washington would be available That in normal people speak is doubtful, but we'll talk more about the impact on the game tonight in just a moment. Wanted to touch on Real Access, which is a fantastic new offering on Hornets.com for this 2020-2021 season, where you're basically given a behind-the-scenes look. Now, this would be cool any year. Uh, The thought process behind it was, since we can't have fans in the building, we're going to let them go somewhere that they can't go even under normal circumstances. Um, But even if you were allowed in the building, I'm hoping this is something that survives a lot longer because it it gives us a behind-the-scenes look at players, how they interact with each other on the practice floor, getting onto flights, uh, on the road, in the locker room. It's great, great access. uh, Humanizes them in a way that we don't normally get to see. And then on top of it, it's just great footage from a different perspective than you're normally focused on in a game. So the latest episode has come out. A big part of it was looking at Gordon Hayward and how he kind of led the team out of a losing streak with his career-high performance against the Atlanta Hawks and how the team really rallied around his leadership. And that's the thing that stuck out to me the biggest was I love in that piece how Mitch Kupchak was so candid in that story uh, in his interview. He, He mentions that you know, Charlotte needed pretty much a culture change, and Gordon is the right person for that role. He talks about how he's been a winner everywhere that he's gone, from Utah to Boston to now to Charlotte. And the fact that he brings that winning mentality is really important in my book personally because he'll have nights like Friday where, yeah, he might not shoot well, but his mentality and his leadership still provides the Hornets with enough of an edge to push them across that finish line, even if they've been dealt a terrible hand on whatever situation they they may be facing like they did on Friday. So I think just having that presence in the room and having that leader is really important. And I'm glad that we're able to experience real access and Mitch is able to share that story and the fans are able to kind of maybe get a bigger appreciation for what Gordon has done and what he's brought to this city so far. I think the way Mitch was talking about his addition was almost like he was talking about building a fire and you're you're stranded on this desert and you found some twigs and you're trying to, you know, scratch them together to, to get a spark to try and create a fire that is a, a playoff berth for a team that hasn't had one in a while. And then Gordon Hayward becomes available. and It's like, oh, I've discovered that I had a match in my pocket the entire time. You know, it, it's that kind of an adjustment in a positive sense for this team to go from, well, we've got all these young pieces and we're not sure who fits where, who's the leading man, who's a complimentary player, who can play 35 minutes a game, who do we you know, want to have taking 20 shots, and then all of a sudden a person who fits every need you have, size-wise, he helps the team. Skill-wise, he helps the team. Scoring-wise, he helps the team. Decision-making, he helps the team. And now everyone else fits into their roles even better. And LaMelo Ball also does that to a certain extent as well. But 
you know, the draft is is what it is. You know, you get your spot based off the lottery, and then you make the best pick you can, and you hope for the best. But to get a free agent to come here to Charlotte, the caliber of Gordon Hayward, that really hasn't happened before. It hasn't, and with LaMelo coming in as well, it just seems like it's almost this perfect storm. And to kind of go back on my first point, hearing Bismarck Biombo speak during that piece as well, he mentioned that Gordon's the kind of player that just makes everyone else around him better. And similar to that leadership that I talked about just a few moments ago, it's almost more valuable having someone that just makes everyone else better than scoring 30 points a night. Now, obviously, you want to have both happen if you can, but sometimes the scoring just isn't there like it was like we saw on Friday. So I think it's really interesting that the philosophy and the mentality and the mindset from the top with Mitch Kupchak filters all the way into the bottom with James Borrego and then he passes out onto his players. And, you know, we all know that basketball is such a is a game that's heavily relied on with chemistry. And when everybody's on the same page, that chemistry just goes to another level. And I'm not even sure they are yet. And that's not a knock on them. It's more the circumstances. They're not allowed in the same room as each other for a lot of things. They're not allowed to hang out after games or do anything on the road. I mean, you know, the chemistry they have is all based off of you are allowed near each other for practice and that's all in games and that's it. And, you know, how much chemistry can you really get? I mean, think think of like our normal work lives, okay? Like you normally after work, maybe once a week, you go to a happy hour with a coworker or you go to a game with a coworker, you do something with a coworker and how much chemistry you have and how ideas can sprout from that. And now think of what we're doing now where we're never in the same room with each other ever. So it just makes it that more difficult. Now think of doing that in a game like basketball, where, as you mentioned, everyone is supposed to have chemistry. Uh, and I think even for LaMelo Ball, I think the, the fact that Gordon Hayward is here is going to accelerate this team's ability overall and LaMelo individually. I mean, I, I think the best comparison right now for LaMelo, at least in the last two years, is a guy like Trey Young. And they're very different players, but Trey Young was a guy who had the ball in his hands a lot from a young age in his career, showed a lot of success and promise early, but because there wasn't a, a running mate, a an, an already-made all-star to kind of help show him the way, he was putting up really impressive numbers on teams that were losing two out of every three games. And I think LaMelo Ball is going to be much, much better, much faster for being able to do this for a team that, as of now, is in the postseason versus what maybe he would be without Gordon Hayward, which, quite honestly, you know, the experts had this team pegged before the season started as, what, I mean, we're 26 games in, so they'd probably say we should be about 8-18 and 18 right now. 500 seems a lot better, and, and I think it'll benefit LaMelo Ball to have more meaningful games throughout the season. That's a really good point. I didn't even think about that, how obviously Gordon makes everybody better, but especially with a guy like LaMelo Ball who's a rookie, and you know when you're 19 years old or even when you're a rookie at 22 and 23, you're just so, I don't want to say fragile, but you can pick up bad habits. And I think we've seen that in the past with a guy like Russell Westbrook, who he's a great point guard, but he has to be almost a do-it-all guy to feel comfortable. That's just kind of how the way he's been wired. He has to go out and get a triple-double almost every game. And LaMelo, naturally, he's a guy that likes to pass the ball, and that was his biggest strength coming uh, into the draft. It wasn't necessarily his scoring or creating his own shot, but having a guy like Gordon that he can rely on gets him into better habits to sharing and distributing the basketball, even when it might not be his night shooting. Yeah, his shooting has really grown 
over the past couple games and he's really started to pour some points in. But on an off night, like maybe how Gordon had one on Friday, maybe LaMelo possibly has one tomorrow. Hopefully he doesn't, obviously, but just hypothetically speaking, he's able to distribute the ball better and kind of go from there where Trey Young, He's, I don't want to say he's getting in the bad, bad habits, but there's a possibility that he grows into a guy like Russell Westbrook where he feels like he's going to have to do everything because that's the way he's wired because he didn't have that growth and that opportunity when he first came to the league. Well, I do think Russell Westbrook's just wired that way to, to be the ultimate competitor for every rebound, every possession, and everything. I think that's one thing that makes him great. Um, and he had Kevin Durant to be his running mate all through coming up with OKC. You know, I, I think... The best habit you can have is winning. Or maybe, you know, the worst habit you can have is losing because there, there's the saying in sports, you have to learn how to win. They've got to figure out how to win. Well, if you're, you know, do the, do the rookies who get drafted, you know, 25 through 30 who end up competing on or competing for starters minutes on teams that are already in the playoffs, do they have to learn how to, you know, to win? No, you know, they're they're already on a winning team. They kind of get embraced in that culture and talking to a lot of, you know, the broadcasters around the league about their rookies and different players, you know, they say often the hardest thing to do is take a guy who's on a team that maybe has been call it what you want, tanking or whatever. They haven't been winning and say, okay, we're going to lose bad enough to get a top three lottery pick, or at least try to for four straight years. And then once we've assembled these four top three picks, we're going to flip a switch and all of a sudden they're going to start winning, even though we've been putting them in losing situations their entire careers. And what do you know? It doesn't work most of the time. Even Philadelphia, you know, they they didn't have, you know, two really high-level picks in Embiid and Simmons, and then all of a sudden it started to work. They had like six in a row, and eventually they found the right two and things started to move in the right direction. So I guess it's a long windup of saying that Gordon Hayward is going to help have this team play more meaningful games and have LaMelo Ball be able to play his game in a winning environment with a win-now mentality, which is what you want to train young players to have. And uh, it should only benefit the Hornets in the future. We're hoping they have a win-now mentality tonight as they host the San Antonio Spurs. It's time to get into our game preview here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, the buzz is building. For season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. Lock in your price today. Hornets and Spurs tonight, Sam Farber, Rob Longo. We're getting ready to do the broadcast tonight as well on the Hornets radio network. Things start with the flagship station WFNZ one hour prior to tip off and uh, we're going to be going right up until that pregame show Rob trying to figure out who's in and who's out of this one last we've heard you know things can change pretty rapidly as we learned last game uh, health and safety protocols have kept the Martin brothers from being available and have currently PJ Washington listed as doubtful team was able to overcome that against Minnesota San Antonio is certainly a bird of a different feather, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, just like any other Spurs team that's been coached by Greg Popovich for the last quarter of a century, it's hard to believe that he's in his 25th season, that they're dangerous. This team's really got a unique mix of veterans and young players. you got veterans like 
Rudy Gay, Patty Mills, LaMarcus Aldridge, who we don't know about right now, and then DeMar DeRozan. And then you have younger guys like DeJounte Murray and Lonnie Walker and Keldon Johnson as well. So, so far it's been DeRozan leading the Spurs. He's averaging a little bit over 20 points and five rebounds and almost seven assists per game. But San Antonio has seven guys that averaged double figures. And this is a very deep team. So even if Aldridge doesn't play, it's not going to really matter a whole lot because it's going to be that next man up mentality. And they're six in the West, but I believe that if they were in the East, they would easily be a top three team because they're just that deep. And record-wise, obviously, it's a little bit concerning because the West is so deep. They did lose to the Timberwolves once, and they lost to the Grizzlies twice, but we've obviously seen that the last two games as Hornets fans, the kind of firepower that those two teams have. Yeah, the Spurs, it's an interesting build this year. Size tends to be an issue for the Hornets, and if P.J. Washington is not available, uh, unlike other bigs, convincing Jakob Hurdle to turn himself into a guard and you know start playing around the perimeter is less likely. He is a lot closer to Valanchunas of Memphis than he is to, say, I, I don't know, Joel Embiid. It kind of depends on the possession, but some possessions, Joel Embiid decides he's a guard and he stays out there, and while he's quite lethal from three, I think you'd prefer him to be out there than dunking on you underneath the basket, but but it's an interesting Spurs team. They also have a lot of questions, as you mentioned, LaMarcus Aldridge. Last we were told he was going to be out for tonight's game, but of course a lot of time between this taping and when the game is going to happen, so much can still change. But uh, I think in general, whenever you're playing a Western team, you have to be wary because even a team like Minnesota who has a bad record, they're playing more than half their games in the Western Conference, which is loaded, which basically has 14 teams that would be playoff teams in the East. So, or at least competitive for a playoff spot. So, you know, that kind of puts it into perspective. Anyone is a really, really good squad. And if you don't take them seriously, even if you do take them seriously, you can find yourself uh, in the in a wrong spot. Yeah, and my biggest concern going into this was how to manage LaMarcus Aldridge. Hopefully, you know, obviously what you want to beat the best team with the best players but if he happens to be out that's obviously an advantage for the Hornets because yeah he's 35 but he is still a stud I was looking up his usage rate and his usage rate on offense is 21 percent so there's a good chance he's going to get the ball on most possessions even if he's not scoring or assisting and in addition to that high usage rate he doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot only seven percent of the time so if PJ Washington does in fact not play which what it seems like when he's with him being doubtful, a lot of that burden is going to fall on Cody Zeller, even if it's not LaMarcus Aldridge because of the other talent that San Antonio has in the post. So the issue for me is coming with that second wave when Cody Zeller gets off the floor. Is it going to be Bismarck Biombo, who we've obviously seen the past couple of nights come in with that second unit? Or maybe we see even Jalen McDaniels, who gets recalled from the G League bubble. He might be available tonight. We don't know quite yet, but we'll see if even Coach Bregg wants to put him out on the floor in meaningful minutes in that situation. Biggest thing for me, I just want to see the Hornets play better. They've had two straight games where they really played, quite frankly, badly. The Memphis game, they had to pay for it. Uh, the, the bad part of that game was they gave up a ton of open threes and were not good on the glass. The next game against Minnesota, they turned the ball over ad nauseum, but they pounded the glass and ended up winning that category by wide enough of a margin that the turnovers didn't end up mattering. And I really liked the way that Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges kind of picked the team up and, and guided them to a win on a night where Gordon Hayward didn't quite have his best game. 
But overall, you know, I, I don't think you can look back at that Minnesota game and say, wow, we feel good about the way the Hornets play. They didn't play very well. They were able to get away with it. And it's a good sign that you can get away with a bad performance and still end up in the win column because that's how we, we total them up. We don't total up, hey, you played really well against you know Utah but lost, so that's going to count for you in some way. No, it's wins and losses. So you take a, an ugly win over a pretty loss any day, but if you're trying to sustain winning – you kind of need to pretty this thing up pretty quickly here after two uh, straight games that didn't look so hot, especially when you consider the team has got a long West Coast road trip coming up, and a lot of that poor play is going to get exposed pretty quickly if you don't clean it up. Yeah, and we'll see the Spurs in a couple of weeks when the Hornets head west to take them on in that lengthy West Coast road trip. And going back to Friday, the only good thing about Friday was the rebound differential for the Hornets. And Minnesota, though, isn't a great rebounding team so charlotte was able to take advantage of that but this san antonio team doesn't turn the ball over they they have the i mean it's a typical greg popovich team they don't turn the ball over they have the lowest amount of turnovers in the league so when you talk about turnovers for charlotte it almost counts as two because you're not going to get any on the other side to cancel it out Hornets have a tough challenge tonight. A, they've got to overcome whatever health and safety protocols are put in place for tonight, and Hornets have been lucky for most of the year not to have to deal with them, but they're going to be dealing with them in some way, shape, or form for tonight's game. We'll see how they handle it, and quite frankly, the Spurs are dealing with their own set of circumstances. Uh, They're on their long rodeo trip and also likely to be playing without LaMarcus Aldridge. For all the latest, make sure you're keeping your sites set on Hornets.com and the Hornets social media sites. And as we approach tip-off time, make sure you're tuned into our flagship WFNZ and all across the Hornets radio network, including on the Hornets mobile app. We will have all the latest for you once we get tipped off tonight. Rob Longo, my producer on the Hornets radio network, thank you so much for joining us again here on the Hornets Hivecast. No problem, Sam. This was so much fun. Let's do it again later tonight. (laughs) Sounds good. Thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. For all of us here at the Hornets Radio Network and on the Hornets Hivecast, I'm Sam Farber saying it has been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us once again. And in the words of LaMelo Ball. Thank you. Have a good day. Wear your mask. 